Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Ya lo ves, no me fue tan mal. Tu recuerdo no me Good evening, welcome to Mi Gente on Air, where we talk Latino concerns, culture, and contributions. How is everyone doing this evening? Well, today I'm going to talk about migrant workers because did you know that Governor Gretchen Whitmer has proclaimed July as Migrant and Seasonal Farmworker Appreciation Month? Yes, she did. This provides the opportunity for Michiganders to support and appreciate this valuable workforce. You know, the ones who make it possible for us to have our salads on our tables. After all, we should all eat more vegetables and fruit, right? So they are essential workers. And today I have someone special who works very closely with the migrant workers in the state of Michigan. There's approximately about 30,000 that come to our area during the season from April to, I believe, September. And we'll uh, ask Jesse about that. But Jesse Costilla is with the Great Lakes Bay Health Center. And he joins me today to talk about and appreciate the migrant workers. Hello, Jesse. How are you? Buenas tardes, Larry. I'm doing great. You're on vacation. You're on vacation right now, huh? As we speak, I am speaking out in the lake, at Corey Lake in Three Rivers, where my wife grew up. Wow. Pleased to be out here with my eight children, enjoying life for a little bit. Eight children now, huh? And I understand the last two were twins, correct? Yes, sir. Well, Jesse, you are kind of the, uh, I guess I want to say, you know, many, many of our Mexicano families, especially in the older days, they had large families. And I know you and your brother Manuel, Jose Manuel, have large families, 10 and 8 kids. I want to know more a little bit about your background. Can you tell me who Jesse Costilla is? Who is Jesse Costilla? Caramba. My birth name is Jose Jesus Costilla. Uh, also known as Jesse here at work, so we call it, believe it, a Jesse. But I'm the son of uh, the third youngest of nine children, my mom and pops. Uh, we used to migrate up here in Michigan. We, we migrated to different states. We migrated to uh, Texas, upper states and uh, cities in Texas, Iowa, harvesting crops. Uh, then uh, my dad thought he struck gold when he came to Michigan and started picking asparagus where we could collect seven or eight incomes plus mom and dad. So <laughs> that was like striking gold for them. So that's uh, that's who Jesse Costilla is. Back in the 80s and 90s, I remember coming up here, uh, picking asparagus, and since then we kept migrating to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest is history. I mean, we settled out, and now we're Michiganders. Probably to say I'm a Michigander now. Yeah, and originally you're from San Juan, Texas, though, correct? Uh, correct. I'm born in Reynosa, Tamaulipas, Mexico, and raised in San Juan, Texas. Yes, sir. Wow, wow. So what a what a story your family has had and the contributions that the Costillas have made 
And I mentioned your brother, Jose Costilla, Jose Manuel, and he's a good friend of mine, and he is the owner of the Coco Local chains here in um, the Great Lakes Bay region. So kudos to Jose Manuel and to your brother Ramiro, your brother Randy. I know the, the family, and I want to know a little bit more about Jesse in his role, your role, at the Great Lakes Bay Health Center. Yeah, so Jesse Costilla at Great Lakes Bay Health Centers. I'm the, I'm the migrant program manager for uh, Great Lakes Bay Health Centers. Okay. So, yes, yes, sir. And so we're, we're talking uh, as if Jeff, Jesse is a third person, <laughs> and here you are with me. But <laughs> I want to just, you know, really uh, give you your props because I know it's an important role that you have. And I want to ask you, how important is it for the migrant workers coming to our state to have the means of health care and exactly what services does the Great Lakes Bay Health Centers provide to our migrant, migrant workers? So we don't, sure. Yeah, it's, it's very important, you know, because first of all, it secures the, uh, the manpower, the labor that it requires to harvest all of our crops within Michigan. And uh, why is it important for them to get services? <clears throat> because this uh, secures the future for Michigan to get the crops harvested. Uh, once you do that, uh, I mean, folks come and migrate to Michigan. They they can choose to go any any state they want, but they choose Michigan as a migratory state because they hear about the services we provide, how we treat people. Within Great Lakes Bay Health Centers, we provide medical and dental services right to the door. We visit, uh, gosh, now we're about over eighty some camps, dairy farms, migrant housing units that we visit, individual houses as well. So. By Great Lakes providing these services to them, that kind of secures the future for Michigan, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest contributors to our economy. So absolutely, it's, it's critical. And I mentioned early on the show that there's roughly about 30,000 that come to Michigan uh, that are the migrant worker population. Is that, is that correct in about 30,000? And have you seen that there's an increase, decrease due to COVID? Let's see within the uh, the exact number. I don't know um, statistically wise, but there is a there is a large number of folks that still migrate up here. Mm-hmm. And one second. I saw I saw that on the Michigan uh, Department of Human Health and Services that number where uh, the Michigan Departments of Agriculture and Rural Development also reported there there are about twenty eight thousand to thirty thousand that come to our area. And I think that it's, uh, I, th- I think that the numbers have actually gone down a little because of the COVID pandemic, of course, and, that, and that's reasonable um, to be expected. But uh, Jess, can, can you give me an example of some of the, the experiences that you have experienced in your role in terms of the health and dental? Sure, absolutely, yeah. And that number could very possibly be very close. I'm just not uh, up to date with uh, exactly how many folks come out here. But, um, and like you said, it's been changing because of the whole, uh, back then, I mean, this is what we call the new migrant stream. There's no longer families like myself, mom and pop coming out here harvesting their crops. It's more of the H3A program, who's uh, for sure it's in the thousands out there. But uh, we need those manpower to come out here. So, and the change is, uh, it's still single men coming out here. The difference is every time, uh, 
you'll you'll notice a couple farms that they uh, they change workers every so often. The reason being is the exact the exact reason that'd be the million dollar question if I could answer that one. <laughs> but uh, things that we hear reasons that we hear because of why is uh, it's a change the farm the farm gets sold and uh, they need new workers so they don't keep the same workers. There's different workers coming out here. And then again, the whole, uh, the 20%, 30% of families that are still migrating from Texas, Florida, they're no longer migrating because, I mean, the children have grown, settled. Look at myself. We're already settled here in Michigan, so, but yet we're still farming, so we need the manpower. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic, I mean, tremendously has affected in the way of, there's some, I mean, all we see is the bad news and, and, and social media, the local news. So that's all folks see. So it, it, they take a big risk. Why would they want to come to the U.S.? And, and especially with Michigan, you know, when those numbers were real high, they would have to pick out what state they were going uh, to migrate to. Yeah. So they, they take the, they take the chances, and for that, I think uh, I thank them. I thank our agricultural workers for taking the chances, and I want to make sure we're there for them, providing those medical and dental services, bringing them up to date, letting them know, uh, hey. As soon as they arrive, we try to go out there. We try to promote it as much as we can. We have a Facebook page that I'll, I can tell you about later. But that's where we keep folks up to date. And even before they come to the U.S., let them know, hey, uh, we're providing the vaccine when you come out. Uh, when you come out here, we'll be able to vaccinate you, and but you'll have to get a test when you arrive. It's a little, it, it's a, it's a big risk that they take when they come out here because they they come out here empty-handed first of all. Yeah. But yeah, they're only coming out here for a better chance and better opportunity just like that so just like we just like all of our ancestors basically did all of the most of the latinos in the state of michigan had ancestors that came either from mexico or texas and immigrated to the united states and many of them were migrant workers that came to our area in saginaw bay city and they worked the fields and then they found employment with the gray iron plant and they stuck around. They settled here. But I want to mention that the governor, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, said that migrant and seasonal workers are essential to Michigan's agricultural industry. She said this when she proclaimed that July was Appreciation Month for the migrant workers. She said their contributions uplift Michigan's economy, which brings in $2.3 billion in farm gate revenue annually. They also played an integral role through covid helping feed us all by stepping up to ensure our farmers were able to harvest food and get it from farm to table. That's what Governor Gretchen Whitmer had said. And I want to ask you, Jesse, under Governor Whitmer, do you see changes that assist the migrant workers compared to, say, the previous administration? Larry, that's a big question, but, you know, I'll speak what I see right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been getting a lot of support. Hey, as soon as workers come out here... She's been up to date with everyone. Hey, uh, make sure they receive their test. Make sure that we offer them the vaccine. We've been, she's been very supportive. I uh, honestly can't speak much about the previous, uh, our previous governor. We, I mean, thank God we didn't have a previous pandemic, but most definitely we'll, we're getting the support that we need to be out there. Very supportive within the federally qualified health centers that offer that migrant program. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's really a plus, and I, you know, when I I think it was July third when she proclaimed 
uh, Michigan Migrant Appreciation Month. I, I was so happy to hear and see that, that, you know, they're not forgotten. They're not forgotten in this administration, and they are so important. And sometimes the migrant worker is just taken for granted. And I know that in your case, uh, because of your background and how it has affected you, um, your role at Great Lakes Bay Health Center uh, has helped so many of them, but it's in your heart. It's in your heart to be helping and assisting the migrant workers, just like it is in my heart, because I know the struggles that my dad told me as a migrant worker back in the 40s. So tell me your background, you know, you how does that affect your everyday work environment there at Great Lakes Bay Health Center? You know, honestly, I, I can't really say effects. I, I'm pleased I'm honored to come back to my to my roots, to my community where I came out from. So to me, geez, it, it's, uh, it's an honor, man, going out there, meeting the folks that are still doing our work, yet I don't have to be there. All my kids will have to be picking pickles, harvesting our crops. These are the new folks that are coming in and harvesting our crops. So uh, I'm pleased to go out there. I mean, it brings, again, taking it back to my roots. And I try to do as much as we can, as much as our, uh, I mean, Great Lakes Bay Health Center has been very supportive of what we do. And uh, we do, I mean, we try as much as we can. We do events. We do anything within within our range. We try to take uh, clothes. I know your program, my gente, uh, um, uh, community action, other agencies that speak up and say, hey, well, how can we help you? How, what can we do for, uh, our, for our migrant workers? I know um, the lady, uh, Vanessa Aguera, she reached out to me this, this month and, hey, let's get something going for the migrant workers. Our board of directors, same thing. So, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm pleased to do this kind of work because, just like you said, they're not forgotten and we should forget them because during the pandemic, uh, guess what? They, didn't, they did not stop. They kept going. Wow. And we were, we, we, uh, we as Great Lakes Bay Health Centers last year, Everybody kind of stopped because of the pandemic. There was a big risk. Uh, nobody wanted to go out there. I mean, don't go out there. We don't know where the situation is. We went out there. We as Great Lake Bay Health Centers. I mean, we got an awesome team. I'm only the smallest part of the of the program, but the folks that build this team. We're talking the provider, Amanda Byler, Vera McDonough, Sula uh, Ronquillo, Cynthia Quintero, medical assistant, Maria Pufo. Uh, I mean, these folks are the, are troopers. They went out there risking their lives as well, testing um, at the sugar factories. Over two thousand workers work going to each individual camps, making sure all these folks are tested. Now this year, going back out there, vaccinating vaccinating folks. Whoever wants the vaccine, we're there for them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we had a really small number of uh, our team that got uh, uh, ended up coming across COVID myself in October, I mean, it was horrible. It was horrible. And even listening to the experiences of the folks that went through COVID during the agricultural season when they're working out there in really hot temperatures, yeah. we received a call from one of these folks. Um, we have, a again, that Facebook page that we have. And through Messenger, they contacted us saying, hey, somebody has a fever of uh, over 100 at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. Gosh, it's horrible to hear these news. At the same time, it's beautiful to know that uh, your organization supported you to open this Facebook page, to know to have a better contact with the workers. These folks now have access to us 24-7 pretty much. So it's, it's a great team that we have. And 
dedicated to help agriculture workers. Here again, giving up our summers. Yeah, <laughs> you and can't it, give up your summers in Michigan, man. But no, somebody's got to do the work. So it's it's a. I look at it as an awesome ministry. I love what I do. I I honestly couldn't say I I, I wanted I would do get a different job. I love what I do. So well, you know, it's it's uh, we really appreciate you, Jesse, and your role there. Great Lakes Bay Health Center is is such an important part of the Great Lakes Bay region. And not only are they, you know, servicing the community, but also the migrant workers. And on top of all the dental needs or uh, regular everyday health issues that migrant workers may have, here we ha- they had to be concerned about the pandemic. So that added a whole nother layer. And I know that uh, sometimes many of them sleep in, in, in quarters with bunks or what have you. And so that had to play uh, you know, be kind of devastating in a way during a pandemic. But, you know, they got through it, and some of them have come back. They've come back to the state of Michigan so that we can also um, celebrate them this year and what they're doing. And, and you know, we have to be cautious because in, in now we're, we're talking about maybe in the, in the fall another upswing of the COVID virus with, you know, the Delta variant and all. So, I mean, it's tough. It's got to be tough in, in your work and what you do and, and what you got to look out for. But... I'm just, you know, really appreciated that as Latinos in the Great Lakes Bay region, uh, the, the migrant families who eventually found work here and settled, you know, like my family, like your family, we appreciate them very much. We welcome them. And I know that at the Union Civica Mexicana, we do get some that come through to some of our dances and um, we welcome them. We, we welcome them, like I said. And how do you, how does, how do you feel, Jesse? in regard to what's happening in our current state in the in the state of Michigan. We're talking about appreciating the migrant workers, but how do you feel um, this summer is going to go the rest of the summer? You know, we're in a better we're in a better situation this year. Uh, last year we were hopeless, honestly. So this year we have a vaccine available. Yes. Uh, I mean, we have monthly biweekly meetings with the state bringing everybody up to date, how's the vaccine going and the variant, what's the new variant coming? Uh, again, we're in a better, we're a better situation right now. And honestly, uh, we got a, some, somewhat of a normality to come back and we're, we're celebrating. We're celebrating Larry, especially with the folks getting vaccinated. Uh, honestly, all of our agriculture workers have been back. A lot of them have been vaccinated and they know it's very important to get vaccinated because not only uh, right now in Mexico, not everybody is able to get vaccinated. There's a, a wait list, so having that opportunity here with the Great Lakes Bay Health Centers, I mean, that means a lot to them. So by br- providing that vaccine, providing that testing when they get here, that creates a big trust with them. So we're we're ready to celebrate. Uh, and let me bring up an event real quick. July 31st, uh, we'll be celebrating at Burma Farms. This will be our seventh year celebrating uh, agricultural workers. Uh, started off a small little event with hot dogs, and which now is up to <laughs> so many workers going there and celebrating, and having to uh, celebrating in the way of just playing games, uh, having a small meal, chatting with them, letting them know, hey, if you ever need anything, any medical or dental services, we're here for you. Building that trust with them is is very very important. Yes, I I, uh, I, mean, I wish many more agencies did. And do this and did this before, but uh, little by little, I think our, our we'll, we'll get there. 
Mm-hmm. And where we'll where is this farm? Team. Where where is this farm? You mentioned Burma Farms. That is yes, Gregory, Michigan. It's in Gregory, Michigan, Burma Farms. Where is that by? What's the closest big city? The, um, I'll, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be posting our flyer on uh, the Facebook page. It's in Spanish. It's El Paisa, last name Del Norte. But uh, anyone wants to follow us, follow our journey. Uh, I invite them to request to be in our friends, and they can come out to our not just this event, but every event that we have. We just had one out in Carroll, celebrated with our agriculturals in Car- in Carroll. So I mean, as you know, there's agriculture workers everywhere. Yeah. But um, we, I mean, we're thrilled and we're very pleased with Great Lakes supporting us with every event that we do. We're, we're in the we're in the west, we're in the south, we're in the east, and uh, it takes a lot. But uh, we have an awesome team that's. Honestly, very dedicated to our agriculture workers. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And it's been for a long time. You know, I want to mention the, the Michigan Departments of Agriculture and Rural Development, MDARD, and Health and Human Services have joined together to recognize the hardworking individuals who help plant and harvest Michigan's crops. MDARD takes great care in making sure that more than 28,000 migrant and seasonal workers who enter our state have healthy and safe housing, said the director, Gary McDowell. Migrant and seasonal workers help us plant and harvest more than 160 commercial crops, and we honor their hard work, their resilience, and dedication to Michigan's agricultural industry. So that that's coming from MDAR director Gary McDowell, and we're so happy that um, you know our migrant workers are not alone. Uh, and that they are getting support from uh, many of these agencies through the state of Michigan, as well as our governor, Gretchen Whitmer. So kudos to all those agencies. Kudos to the Great Lakes Bay Health Center and Jesse Costilla and his team out there because it is important that they get these services. And I just want to mention, Jess, I know that um, you guys have the Delta bus the big Delta bus that we see in our parade and the single to mile parade and, and the Memorial Day parade. Is that the the bus, the mobile unit that you take out to the fields? Indeed, yes. Uh, we actually have two or three Delta units that we rotate depending on what the need's going to be. We try to go out first for cleanings. We do the hygiene uh, with the first round. And if we identify any kind of uh, procedures that are needed, like extractions to take a tooth out or a filling, we follow up on another bus that's equipped with uh, other equipment that's, that be that that day, the dentist actually goes out to the actual farm, so, and we do all procedures right at the farm. It's just awesome uh, state-of-the-art uh, units. If you ever get a chance, come out, check them out. We invite you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want you to stick around, Jess. We're going to uh, talk a little bit more about the migrant workers. We have to go to a quick commercial. But uh, to everybody out there, my listening audience, July is Migrant Appreciation Month. Those people who are working the fields to bring us the agriculture to our tables, to uh, bring you the lettuce, salads, the strawberries, the blueberries, all those great vegetables and fruits that we love so much. So I want to thank Jesse Costilla from the Great Lakes Bay Health Centers. He's going to stick around, though, as we continue to talk about the migrant workers that come to our state of Michigan, over 28,000 seasonal workers who enter our state. They have to have healthy and safe, uh, healthy and safe housing as well as health. And we've got a government 
here in Michigan that is recognizing that much more. And so we'll be back in a moment on Mi Gente on Air. This is Mihinta On Air on WSGW. Listening to Hinte on Air on WSGW. Welcome back, welcome back to Hinte on Air. I'm your host, Larry Rodarte, and I'm talking today with Jesse Costilla from the Great Lakes Bay Health Centers, an important, uh, an important person in our community that services so many and keeps us abreast of what's going on with the migrant families that are coming to our area every year. And it's an ongoing job, and it's been hit really hard with the vaccinations. The the not only do they have the health problems um, that come with everyday living and all, but now you throw in a pandemic and you've got to vaccinate many of the workers. So, Jesse, I just want to ask you: Do you find that there is a resistance to getting the vaccination with some of these migrant workers, or are many of them readily getting the vaccine? You know, Larry, some, uh, it's just like any other worker. Uh, it, it's a, I mean, first of all, it's optional. But when we talk to the, when we talk to them and give them the benefits of getting vaccinated, uh, most of them, no, we don't see much resistance. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to get vaccinated. I mean, like I said earlier, uh, a lot of these folks come from Latin America, most of them from Mexico. So in Mexico, they don't have that opportunity yet of getting vaccinated. So providing that vaccine, I mean. Sure, yeah, we'll take it. And especially with the the one shot only. <laughs> yes, I'll take the Johnson Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it's it's important because, as I had mentioned, um, you know, the pandemic, it, it, it hit hard, as we all know, in 2020. And I know that in the, some of the housing, that um, the programs, um, they actually had put restrictions for the migrant workers under the the Whitmer administration. And, and part of that was that, you know, of course, keep the six feet dif- distancing and, and wash your hands. But for the migrant workers, because some of them sleep in close quarters, it was uh, head to toe sleeping rather than, you know, side by side or whatever. And uh, there's just a lot more uh, that has to go with that because of the conditions of living close in p- close proximity. Had you seen any educational efforts in regard to the pandemic that the general population may not have received? Yeah, you know, there was a special, uh, there was a board training, especially for farmers, when um, our workers would come into the state to get, start working here. I mean, obviously, most of these, a lot of, I mean, shouldn't say obviously, but many folks don't know that workers usually they live together, four or five people within one house. So farmers were out. Uh, they had to send a plan, a strategy plan, before the workers would arrive. There was a deadline that they had to report to the state saying, hey, when my workers arrive, 
this is how they're going to quarantine. And if someone was to come across COVID, this is how we were going to quarantine those gentlemen or whoever, what person, whatever person it was. They had to uh, turn in a plan to the state saying, if this happened, this is what I'm, that, this is what I'm going to do. So uh, Michigan was very prepared. I, I got to give it to the farmers uh, and to the state that they got on that and pretty much everybody complied with it. And when they would, uh, the workers would arrive, they would contact the uh, um, uh, Michigan Permanent Care Association. They would then schedule us to go vaccinate or go test. And that's how things happened. It's a great communication. I mean, I think overall Michigan did awesome within uh, strategically prepared for this pandemic. Nobody can prepare themselves to what's coming, but I think Michigan did great within from that part. Yeah, yeah. And I say this all the time. You know, we had no idea what was coming when in, in January, February of 2020, we started hearing about the China, the, the, the virus coming from China. I want to say that was... As it, as it was going from over in Europe to America, and we thought maybe it would last maybe a, a month or two, but, you know, 15 months out, we're still dealing with this pandemic. So it's really important uh, that we have the health services that the state of Michigan is providing, that your organization is providing, Jess. And uh, I, I can't give you enough accolades in regard to that because I know it's got to be tough. It's It's got to be tough. And... I want to thank you for your services and the Great Lakes Bay Health Center, Dr. Brenda Coughlin, all those great people who um, have assisted as well with vaccines with the general population. And we, in 2015, uh, I'm talking the Union Civica Mekana and some of the other organizations like the MAC Center and the greater falling under the greater umbrella of LEAD, which is a Latino uh, organization uh, of combined uh, nonprofits, we um, put together a Petito fundraiser. Do you remember that, Jesse? Where we had to make 750 of the deep fried tacos that uh, was sold by the Great Lakes Bay Health Center and their workers so that those fundings could go to the migrant workers. And we raised something like $3,500. Do you remember that? How am I going to forget that? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. And for that, we appreciate that so much. Yeah, that's what keeps the program going as well. I yeah. mean, many folks have questions for as far as uh, what it costs to get these services. And yeah, there's a cost for any anywhere you go. There's a cost for services. But uh, thanks for the New Civica and LEAD as well and MAC Center that uh, helps us out recruit these uh, funds. And that's what supported the visits and dental right. medical visits for our workers. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, these migrant workers, they, they need this health care. They need the dental care. And the cost of health care, as we know in America, is shot through the roof in the last few years. And they don't have the access to some of the government programs that um, uh, help those that have low incomes. So it's, it's, very, it's a valuable, valuable tool that they need in order to survive as migrant workers here in the community. So... I want to, you know, mention that because it is important, and if anybody can support the migrant workers, please do so. I know that they have a need also for clothing sometimes, and they have a church in Bay City that collects many clothing for the migrant workers. Do you remember the name of that, Jesse? See, Larry, uh, they could either give us a, uh, Jane, give us a call. We can collect the donations. We used to store a lot of our uh, uh, donations at a church 
um, yeah, what's the name Our of the Saints church? Our Saints used to be St. Boniface out in, uh, in Lincoln. In so Bay we now City. Have, uh, in Bay City, correct. We have some storage, so they can get a hold of us. That'd be great. We can uh, store some stuff, too. So we often got an invitation as well. Well, you know, we talk about Latino concerns and contributions, culture, on this show. I say that every week because that's the basis of this show for our greater community, even though we do target the Latino community. But it's important to know the history and those who are making contributions to our area. And Jesse has comes from a family of migrant workers. I come from a family of migrant workers. Many of the Latino families that are third, fourth generation here in the Great Lakes Bay region, we all come from migrant workers. And I just want to mention, um, my family came back in 1941. They started coming back and forth. This is kind of the tale of what a migrant worker would do. And, and Jesse mentioned how his family were coming back and forth from San Juan, Te- Tejas. And my family was coming back and forth from Uvalde, Texas. And I remember Dad saying they picked pickles in Cebuine and sugar beets in Bay City, tomatoes, strawberries. Uh, if it could be picked, they picked it. And he and his siblings, my Uncle Manuel, my Uncle Robert, my tias, Lupe, Josie, Angie, Ruby, they all came with their mother, Refugio, after their father died in 1936. And it left them in a bad state, of course, to support their her family, that is my grandmother. So she came with the Angiano family in dump trucks that was hired to bring migrants to the area. Similar to the Bracero program that the U.S. government hired, where they, they got hired men to bring Me- Mexicanos from Mexico to work the fields during World War II. You know, it was a tough life. Dad had a hard time talking about it. It was a poor life, and I remember him saying sometimes they had nothing but caldos that didn't have too much vegetables in them, but they survived in the, camp, the campos in Pincanin. And this is the tale of the migrant workers. And people like uh, Dolores Huerta and Cesar Chavez, you know, they fought for so many years uh, for the migrant workers. And today, the migrant workers are still here and are very valuable to our agriculture and to our state of Michigan. And so, once again, I just want to mention Governor Whitmer. She uh, proclaimed that July this month, is the Migrant and Seasonal Farm Worker Appreciation Month. And organizations like the Great Lakes Bay Health Center that Jesse Costilla works for is also involved in having an event July 31st as an appreciation to the migrant workers. And tell me a little bit more about that, Jess. What, what exactly are you guys going to do? Well, Larry, uh, lady, so that's uh, an event that this is, our, like I said earlier, seventh year event that we're going to have. And basically, uh, we bring in with eight, many agencies come together to celebrate and just say, hey, you know what, uh, thanks for thanks for coming out of Michigan to harvest our crops. And by that, I mean they bring, uh, we do raffles. Basically, it's baskets full of goodies. It could be toilet paper, it could be laundry detergent, deodorant, uh, toothbrushes, things of that that uh, agriculture workers will need. And everyone brings a basket. Some provide different services. I know uh, Lead and um, I want to think of Mike. I can't remember the name. Hispanic Leadership Institute provided uh, haircuts for agricultural workers. 
So that was something new and very awesome and pretty popular. So I'm hoping this year they'll reach out and they'll be able to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, July 31st, all these agencies come together and celebrate. One of our other sponsors, uh, my good friend Kimo from a Presbyterian church, he helps me out a lot as well. He's another person that gives a lot to the migrant agriculture workers. Yeah. Well, what can uh, the Union Civica do? Because, you know, we always want to be there to help our migrant workers. And if there's something that you guys feel that could be in addition to the support of this Appreciation Day, let me know because I think it's so important that we do that. And I, I want to continue to help and provide services to the migrant worker. And, you know, I get that from my father and my uncle. They were always providing what they could, especially uh, collecting clothes. That they, You know, because of their history, they never forgot where they came from. They never forgot those migrant workers. So... Please let us know, and I know that our organization and the members, what we call the All-Stars, I know that they would be more than willing to help with uh, giving to the migrant worker and supporting them. So let me know, Jess. Thank you, yes. And, uh, we'll keep you posted. Yeah, when we, when we talk about um, the Great Lakes Bay Health Center and we talk about those health services and dental services, have you seen that um, many of the, the migrant workers... Uh, they come to the state of Michigan and they and they get those services. Have you seen that that has increased or has it decreased, you know, outside of COVID? You know, it's pretty much stayed the same, but the fluctuation would be different workers. It's not the same workers that came from last year. It's new workers that came in. Um, why is the reason? Like I said earlier, we found out that, like, one of the farms, for example, changed owner and they brought new folks into the state. I'm not sure if uh, the other reason would be because some of the other folks that came last year, some of them did come across COVID, and they seem pretty rough. So the word gets around, and, I mean, it's tough working with COVID, kind of working the fields. Just imagine that with a high temperature out in July, June, August. It's tough. So I'm not sure if that had anything with, to do with it. But, um, yeah, that's uh, the folks are still coming out. It's just a different different uh, person coming into the state. Yeah, well, I, I saw a report recently in the state of California where the climate control is really affecting the heat on the migrant workers out there. And, you know, we're talking extremely hot temperatures, like 110 degrees. And is that something that Michigan we have to worry about yet? Or is that primarily in the, those hotter areas like California, Texas? You know, it does get pretty hot out here. Um, mm-hmm. and muggy, that, and we keep yeah, absolutely and muggy. You're right because they're out there early in the morning, and we're talking six in the morning, five thirty in the morning. But uh, you know, we try to keep a good eye on patterns like this, like uh, within like the uh, cold climate change. Um, we we propose to Great Lakes to our, uh, our company and say, you know what? Can we purchase the uh, um, those powder generators? to keep folks hydrated and I mean might sound bragging but they're so supportive of what we we uh what we suggest or any ideas that we have yeah Jesse go ahead open up that Facebook page and see what happens yeah let's get those uh Pedialyte uh powders so by providing those things those are small little tokens but gosh honestly you could even save a life out there when especially working in those hot temperatures it's a life changer right there. So yeah, they need those electrolytes. So Gatorade would be something that would 
would really help. Tell me, Jesse, about that Facebook page. And is it, is it something that is private or is it something that others can join if they want to help and assist the migrant workers here in Michigan? No, Larry, it's public. Uh, it's it's by the Norte. I'll spell it for you. It's uh, E L P as in Paul, A I S as in Sam, A as in Apple. That's the first name. Last name, D as in David, E L as in Larry, N as in Nancy, O R T as in Tom, E, El Paisa del Norte. It basically, it just means the brother in the north. Um, we noticed uh, some folks had technology in their hands and the majority of them had it so we say you know what that's most of them were on facebook so i said let's open something in spanish where folks can understand and we can start a communication with them so gosh that really had to help didn't it that really had to help you know social media (laughs) and your job (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely it's just like uh i mean it's like anything else you gotta adapt to where the community that you're serving we're gonna go out there but try to help migrants but yeah you don't know spanish uh might sound rude but you're not going to be too successful you got to know that terminology and, and and keep an eye for those patterns what do they need what we see is that they're not used to this weather uh, come august late august they're not used to this cold weather so we usually ask for uh sweaters uh, jackets whatever folks can donate we take those kind of donations boots so I invite the community, too, if any, anyone wants to make those kind of donations. Reach out to us. Reach out to Larry. Let him know, hey, how can we get involved? And, and um, when, do we'll you, when, do you, when do they mostly start returning to their homes in Texas or Mexico? What, what month do you see that? Uh, we, start, we start migrant services around May. We do, we do start seeing folks early May. Uh, we start on the west side. You know, Spargus kicks in the first, second week in May. And uh, especially if it's warm, gosh, you're going to have a lot of migrants out there because the asparagus kicks in. So if you follow the crops, the west side, it's uh, asparagus, then they start planting pickles and that. But you come to Bay City, Akron, some area in June, they're hoeing uh, sugar beets, navy beans, whatever they planted, then all the way up to September. If you go up to September, you take the west side, go back to the apples, there's a lot of apple orchards that we visit as well. And our dairy farms, those dairy farms, of course, Michigan has tons of dairy farms. Yes. So that's how we maintain ourselves busy throughout the pretty much. Used to be June through October. Now it's May through late October. Wow, late October? I didn't think they were around that long. And uh, I'm, actually we're seeing the pattern of now. There's folks staying all the way to December because of uh, once... For example, the potatoes, onions, they keep on out, out, out this huge igloos. They need someone to um, kind of sort them out, the goods and the bads, the corn, all those things. So it's very interesting when you, when you talk about migrants, you would think just uh, it's just during the hot weather, but oh, it's a lot more than that. They plant, they harvest, and they sell uh, the crops as well. So little by little, you'll see... They don't stay at the whole season, but you'll see like five or six months out of the year, it's a different crew that comes in and does these jobs. Well, it's 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 honorable work, and it's so needed, and it just kills me sometimes when I hear that they say that immigrants, migrants, they're taking our jobs. They're taking our jobs here in Michigan, and I'm laughing because there's such an argument in regard to that when we know for a fact 
just from our, our everyday experience of living here in Michigan, that that's a job that a lot of uh, non-Hispanics are not going to do. And if they do, they're a rarity. Do you see them much out in the fields? Uh, America's beautiful, Larry. There's jobs for everyone as long as they look for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends what you want to do. For example, I, I'm speaking about myself. I grew up in the fields. What I currently do now, I'm pleased to go back to the fields and give back where I came from. Yeah. yeah. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's important that, again, we recognize the migrant in the state of Michigan and Governor Whitmer like we stated at the beginning of this program, proclaimed July as Migrant and Seasonal Farmworker Appreciation Month. So I'm so happy to see that. Is that something that you have seen in the past in regard to, um, you know, in 2020 or 2019? Or is that something new that the governor has come out with? No, uh, Larry, I want to say this is part of the first year when I saw it. I was, geez, I was almost in tears. I was like, no way. Uh, we've been having this uh, migrant appreciation day for this is the seventh year. Yeah, uh, I know within our organization, they're they're always supporting us. Yeah, go ahead, do an event. That's awesome. But coming from the governor, I mean, that says a lot. Yeah, that was big. So it's different. That was huge. Yes. So having that support, that's geez, thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, thank you. Yes, and I don't even know if that's something that is in other states or you know if there is. I, I bet it's not very many, but. We've got um, something special there with Governor Gretchen Whitmer when she recognizes the migrant workers that work in our fields in the state of Michigan. And I will say that and I would tell anybody that because, you know, she gets a lot of hits. She gets a lot of negativity. And I think that what she has done in regard to COVID, I know that she also tried to help and protect the migrant workers in the fields as well when it came to the pandemic. So kudos to our governor, Gretchen Whitmer, and her administration. Well, thank you, Jesse, for being with us today. I know that uh, we interrupted your vacation over there with your children, but it's important that we talk about the migrant workers and we give them their props as well as the Great Lakes Bay Health Centers and all what they do. So thank you for being with me here on Mi Gente On Air as we recognize in July Appreciation Month for the migrant workers in Michigan. Any last words? Larry, anytime. Uh, when it comes to migrant workers, there's a special sp- spot in my heart that <laughs> even in vacation, my family knows that when it comes to migrant workers, that was that was me, that was bad once, once many years ago that I'll never forget. So... Anytime, reach out to us. Like once again, thanks again to Great Lakes Bay Health Center for the biggest support they get, they give us. Okay, and and, and please that are coming in the future. And please let us know if you need any help, Jess. And I just want to mention that Facebook page again. Give it to us one more time. Yes, El Paisa del Norte. E L P A I S A D E L N O R T E on Facebook. If you want to help migrant workers, thank you so much. So keep in mind the struggles, please, everyone, the plight of the farm workers, Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta and others for years have looked out for the interests of these essential workers who put the fruit and vegetables on your table. The strawberries for your strawberry shortcake, the blueberries for your body that it uses as antioxidants, that romaine lettuce you use in your exotic salads. All you plant-based eaters, the migrant workers are your heroes. They're my heroes too. Appreciate, recognize, and celebrate the migrant workers 
this July in an appreciation month, but also throughout the year. They have a long history and are the backbone of America the Beautiful. And we can't say that enough. And thanks again to Mr. Jesse Costilla from the Great Lakes Bay Health Center in the organization that gives services, health and dental services to the migrant workers that come to our area, the 28 to 30,000 that come to the state of Michigan to put that agriculture on our tables. Until next time, I'm your host, Larry Rodarte, and thank you for joining me on Mi Gente On Air.